0: I just I think it's so important for us right now to realize that God wants to use you. You know, he, He's not looking for uh, just the mega church pastor. He's not looking for just you know the, the top two percent. Uh, he's looking to mobilize the ninety eight percent and to um, see them tap into. Who he's created them to be and he's called them to to do and um and that is just the driving force behind uh this book is just empowering people to realize that you know what you don't have to have a cape you know we we can drop it you don't need superpowers um because we have christ and we have uh, what he's empowered us with
1: hi there friends and welcome to episode 52 of the spirituality for ordinary people podcast My name is Matt Bruff, and I'm a pastor and an author and clearly a podcaster, since you're listening to my podcast. And today on the podcast, I have author and pastor of The Well Church, Dan Stanford. And Dan has uh, just released a book called Losing the Cape, The Power of Ordinary in a World of Superheroes. And you can see just by the title why I wanted to talk to Dan, uh, because... We talk about spirituality for ordinary people on this show, Uh, but we have a pretty wide-ranging conversation in this interview that you're going to hear coming up, and uh, and I really enjoyed talking to Dan and meeting him. So I think you're going to enjoy this one. I don't know if you've noticed as well, and Dan points this out, that North American culture is saturated with the superhero motif. And so we get into a little bit about why that is, And why people seem to uh, need or hope for these superhero kind of stories uh, and what that means about our spiritual life and our faith life. Uh, We also talk a little bit about what it does mean to then embrace ordinariness as maybe a better way to life than this sort of bigness of the superhero kind of mentality. Uh, So it's kind of an interesting conversation uh goes in several different directions, but I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, I also want to say thank you to people who have been supporting this podcast in various ways. Uh, some of you have gone and left reviews on iTunes, and I really appreciate if you're able to do that. It really helps the podcast become visible to others. Uh, uh, some of you have even gone and supported the podcast financially, on Patreon, and you can do that if you go to any of the the show notes for the uh, podcast. So you just go to spiritualityforordinarypeople dot com slash dan as an example would be the the uh, link for today's podcast. Uh, and down near the bottom somewhere, you'll see something that just says support this podcast. You click on it and it goes to a page called Patreon, uh, and you can actually support the podcast financially. And people who've done that, I, depending on what level they support at, I send you free books, some of the books that I've written. Uh, so you can feel free to go and check that out and get a free book out of the deal. Uh, I also wanted to just thank you, the average listener. If you are on here listening right now, uh, there's been so many listeners to this podcast over the last little while. Uh, Even in times when I took a break, I could sort of see people were listening to episodes. And I just so appreciate that you're taking the time to listen to some of these interviews. I've really enjoyed over a year now of podcasting, just having these conversations with uh, leaders, with pastors, with authors, with artists, with ordinary folk. Uh, That's what this is about, is kind of understanding what it means to be a spiritual person And not doing that in any sort of pretentious way, just some real ways of engaging with spirituality around prayer, following Jesus, uh, Bible reading, and and other ways to connect with God. And there have been listeners from all over the world, uh, tons of different countries So thank you to those listeners in the United Kingdom, my home country of the United Kingdom. I lived there for the first two years of my life before my family moved to Canada. Uh, Obviously, thank you to my Canadian listeners and my American friends who are listening, but also you listeners in Sweden and in Australia and New Zealand and Indonesia, in the Netherlands and in Poland. Uh, so many countries that have tuned in to one or two shows here and there, and I'm so thankful for you, even as far away as the Faroe Islands. Uh, pretty cool to see that uh, there are listeners in so many different places in the world. Uh, and I appreciate you uh, for listening in. Uh, I asked a question too to many of my listeners, uh, people on my email list. Uh, I asked a question last week, uh, just asking about what are some of the things that you're struggling with. And I really appreciate the responses that I've received from a few people. Um, And again, if you got that email and you haven't responded to it, but you've been thinking about that question, what you're struggling with in your spiritual life, uh, feel free to, to reply to that email. Uh, I go through and I read all of those and everyone who's replied to, to that email I've sent a reply back uh, just to say uh, a word of encouragement or just to say thanks for, for engaging. I really appreciate that. Um, so anytime you get an email from me if you're on that email list uh, you can always email me back uh, and uh, I really do appreciate hearing back from you. Uh, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, email lists, head over to the website and you can uh, sign up to get a couple of things. If you're on the main page, spiritualityforordinarypeople.com, you can still get, as of today, you can still get a free copy of my book, Let God Be Present. You can get a free uh, ebook of that uh, just by clicking on the link there and uh, give me your email address and I'll send you the book. And then you'll get uh, some emails from me just about regular updates to the podcast and to the website. Uh, So if you want to receive that, you can go and get it. Uh, Also, pretty much from any of the show notes pages, so like spiritualityforordinarypeople.com slash Dan for today's, uh, you will see a form it will either pop up and uh, potentially annoy you, uh, or it will be maybe down at the bottom or on the side, uh, that just says you can sign up f- to get a, a six-tip guide for staying more consistent in your spiritual life. Uh, even if you're not interested in that, that's also the way to get on the email list. So if you go and do that, uh, you'll get a PDF of that uh, guide, and um, and then you'll be on the email list. Now, if you wanted one, if you wanted both those things, and you only got one of them, or you somehow missed those, you could always just send me an email and say, Oh, I didn't get your... Ebook you were talking about, or I didn't get the guide you were talking about, and I will just send it to you. So just email me and I'll send it on. Uh, I really appreciate uh, feedback and hearing from you. Uh, So just don't hesitate. Also, you can follow me on social media, and I think the links for that are probably on that website as well. So you can head over there and follow me on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. All right, that's lots of me rambling. And uh, I know you probably want to hear more from the guest and this really interesting conversation about what it means to lose the Cape. So here's my interview today with Dan Stanford. Dan has, is a pastor at the Well Church in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, and also uh, just came out with a book uh, which I'm really interested in. I'm, I'm waiting to get my copy right now. So I haven't had a chance to look over it yet. But I can't wait to read it. Really, because the title is awesome. Um, <laughs> so it's called <laughs> using the cape, the power of ordinary in a world of superheroes. Uh, so Dan, can you kind of tell us a little bit about maybe just kind of what led to writing the book
0: and, and what it's about? absolutely absolutely so i'm a, a dad with three boys uh, ranging from teenager to toddler and um and so we have a, a lot of superhero themes around our house i've spent a small fortune in movies and merchandise and um you know there's just such a, a cultural obsession with superheroes right now i mean marvel just had its uh fifth billion dollar movie with black panther um, with the next uh, Avengers Infinity war coming out on the twenty seventh um, within six hours they 'd already sold like the most pre sale tickets. Hmm. Uh, it was just crazy the the amount of interest uh that 's in superheroes right now and uh so so that was resonating with me, just kind of thinking about just the obsession with superheroes. But then on the other side, we're just living at a time where culturally there's so much tension politically, economically, racially, and just feel like subconsciously people are asking, "Who's going to save the day? You know, who's going to come in and, and make a difference with the problems that we're facing?" And uh, and so I think that part of the obsession with superheroes. Is that um, we have our own insecurities and, and in our own sense of insignificance, and we we don't we want to do something, uh, but we often feel like we're not qualified to do something about it and uh, what's interesting to me though is that historically biblically God's always raised up the ordinary people to make a difference in the world. if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face. I will heal their land. Um, and, and so God didn't send Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. He sent ordinary people like you and me to be the difference makers. Yeah, that's really
1: cool. Um, so, okay, we both got ordinary in the titles of your book and my podcast. Um, yes. and uh, But that's kind of got some negative associations, right? So mm-hmm. um, is being ordinary, like undesirable? Is that something that that people don't, people don't want to be ordinary. Like why is this bad marketing on our parts to put this in the titles of our, of our things? That we're doing. Yeah.
0: well, hopefully it's starting to pick up some steam and uh, yeah. sound a, a little more marketable, but uh, I do think there is a knee jerk reaction to ordinary. Uh, you know, everyone wants to be exceptional. You know, no, no one wants to be told by a dead, that was a, a mediocre job, you know, great. Uh, right. you know, we want to, <laughs> that was the most ordinary performance I've ever seen. Right. Um, but I, I think it's all in how we define ordinary. Um, you know, C.S. Lewis said, you've never met an ordinary person. Um, you know, we're all created in the image of, of God. We all have sky high potential. Uh, so it's all in how we're, we're using that. You know, for me, uh, I think about Acts uh, chapter four, verse 13, um, where it says of the disciples that they were ordinary people. Yeah. Yet they had been with Jesus you know? And, uh, and so according to the, the religious people of the day, they were ordinary, you know, they were just fishermen. They, they weren't a part of the religious elite. And so it was mind boggling that they could have the kind of impact and the influence that they were having. And, um, but people recognize, oh, they've been with Jesus. So kind of a, a catchphrase that I've used is you don't have to have an S on your chest if you have a savior in your heart. You know, that if we have Jesus, that makes all the difference in the world, and uh, and so ordinary shouldn't be something that we we scoff at. It's something that we should embrace, uh, because it's the ordinary that that God tends to use and gives Him the most glory.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good um, as well. Like, I know why I wanted that in my podcast title was to kind of say, um, like for for us for us as a spirituality for ordinary people, um, to mm-hmm. say that this is something attainable. This is something that is part of regular normal everyday life. Um, yeah. Uh, and is not sort of for the religious elite or for, um, only, only Rob Bell and Oprah, like they're the only ones who have spirituality. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but also kind of sometimes there's a negative association with spirituality too and not really claiming that, Oh, mm-hmm. like we're talking about reading the Bible and prayer and things that, that are accessible things that you can be involved in. Um, so anyway that's that's kind of about uh my my understanding too, but I really like what you're saying too about um you don't necessarily need to be this superhero um mm-hmm. and that God will use you uh in your ordinariness <laughs> in your in your <laughs> um now i you're kind of talking to about this the resurgence of uh of superheroes in recent years. And it's really just like, I I feel like I'm bombarded by it actually. Um, the last, I think one of the last superhero movies I saw, um, was it Thor Ragnarok or something like that. Um, and I, I don't know, I was, I'm just starting to feel tired from it, (laughs) Um, but I (laughs) know, like you said, like people are just flocking to it and continue to, um, and like and you're saying maybe that's something to do with people looking for something, looking for who's going to save the day, like, or is it an escape? Are there other things at play that you think are going on for people? And then maybe also what effect do you think um, looking for that is having on 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 ordinary people?
0: Sure, sure. Well, it's interesting because, you know, the first comic book superhero is, is Superman, 1938. Yeah, so that's a long stretch of time for something to have held a, a culture's interest, and um, and so 1938. You think about kind of where we were as a country, as a culture. Uh, we had you know the Great Depression going on. We had just come out of World War One. Um, we would be entering into World War Two shortly afterwards. And so, there's something that was really appealing about this godlike being. Uh, who could have bullets bouncing off of him and he could take out Nazis with one punch, you know? And so, you know, just kind of showing its origin, kind of its, its birthplace, um, shows that for you know a lot of people, uh, there was just this desire to have something that was impenetrable and impervious and able to stand up to the bully, you know, and um, and so obviously there's a lot more as far as, you know, why we're flocking to it. I mean, you know, billion dollar business. Uh, But I do think that that is a large part of it is this desire to be able to do something uh, bigger than uh, more than, in fact, I'll share a personal story. Um, One of my uh, sons jumped off the garage recently. And uh, when I asked him why he did it, uh, because he hurt his ankle and uh, he gave me an answer I wasn't quite expecting. He says, "Because I want to be more like Batman." And uh, my trick reaction was, da 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 dummy!" <laughs> it was right. like, you know, first you know, be like the billionaire, like Batman, so you can afford the medical bills, and then start jumping off of stuff. And uh, but I, I think <laughs> <laughs> you know, all joking aside, that you know, we have something in us that desires more. We we, we want to be more than we we really are. And, um and that's tragic um because the question God asks Moses is what's in your hand you know uh, and Moses is like, well I got a stick <laughs> and, and a stick in his hand well that's not going to do a whole lot, but in God's hand that stick is going to help part the Red Sea it's going to bring water out of a rock and um, and that's really what God's asking for all of us is you know what's in your hand you know I want to use your ordinariness I want to use who you are not who you're not
1: right right um what is what does real heroism look like like we have all these examples in our in our movies and uh and books or that kind of thing of this (laughs) super supernatural kind of um otherworldly hero um but what what does it
0: really look like Sure. Well, you know the press always highlights the you know person bring a person out of the birding building or or the you know the exceptional, um, the sensational. But um, I I use a lot of uh, different practical examples throughout the book. But I'm going to use my wife for a second, only because she's going to listen to the podcast and it'll get me major points. So, <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I have a, a chapter. It's called the Her and Hero. And um, my wife uh, actually has uh, retinitis pigmentosa with Usher syndrome. Uh, It's a hard phrase to say, harder phrase to live with. It means that she's losing both her eyesight and her hearing. Um, But in spite of the disability, in spite of all the reasons that she has to have people serve her, she's constantly looking for ways to serve other people. So I can give example after example where she's come alongside of like, uh, for, for example, we have, um, a friend of ours who has MS mm-hmm. and, um, we, uh, as a part of coming alongside of them, they have a yearly, uh, MS fundraiser. And so it's kind of like a pirate theme. People come in, they donate money, they help out to, um, you know, make, raise awareness and to provide um, a scooter for a person who has become disabled because of MS. Uh, my wife year after year has helped out with all of the marketing, all of the different stuff to come alongside and make a difference. And, um, and so, you know, to answer your question more specifically, you know, it, it's the little old lady who's like on a fixed income and she's still putting some money aside to help out the missionary. You know, it's the college student who is drowning in homework but still takes time to help out at the food kitchen. You know, it's the dad who has panic attacks, but he still takes his kids to the park, more concerned about their fun than his fear. You know, it's the people who are willing to do the little things that make the biggest difference over a period of time.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, So I, I wonder how, like, what advice can we give to people who are trying to maybe start to live live that out but maybe they are held back for some reason or maybe just everything out there in the world just seems so insurmountable so like where do I even start and am I going to make any difference
0: (laughs) what 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 advice can can you give to them when it seems overwhelming well, it's actually called the the drop in the bucket syndrome. Yeah. You know, it's that, that feeling like you know, there's just too much. There's no way I can you know save the world or make a difference in the world. and, and I think that that's probably too grandiose to begin with. Uh, I think we need to focus on how do I make a difference in my corner of the world. You know, how do I make a difference in my family, in my church, my neighborhood. Um, and so I think we need to kind of scale back and realize that you know, God's got people all over the planet. So it's not up to just one of us to make a difference in the world. Uh, it's up to us to make a difference in the part that he's placed us strategically in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think we have to start with the question of what do I have? You know, uh, For the, you know, the little boy with the five loaves and two fishes, you know that's all he has is a little happy meal. <laughs> um, and you put it into Jesus' hands and it became a holy meal and you know and it and fed thousands. And um and so I, I think we just have to kind of recalibrate and, and start with okay, what do I have and am I willing to put that into God's hands?
1: Yeah, I love that you say as well, like remember that God's got people all over the world. Um, because mm-hmm. I think especially like something that kind of amplifies all this is is technology too. Like people because they can go on Facebook and oh, you know, I only got 10 likes on my on my post and I mm-hmm. see other people that I might even know who are have gone viral and their messages all over the place and they're doing all this great stuff and maybe I'm not like we can compare ourselves not just to superheroes in in mm-hmm. movies but we can compare ourselves to what we think are oh those look like regular people as well and they've got like th- they're doing these amazing things and what am I mm-hmm. doing so right. we can start to kind of feel bad, I think, about ourselves sometimes. Um, yeah, and in particular, I think there's there's quite a few uh, church leaders as well. I know there's church leaders who listen to this podcast who have that feeling about their churches, where their church might be in decline or isn't going the way that they had hoped, um, and start to kind of feel bad about
0: that. Yeah. Um,
1: so I think this is a good word to kind of look at. Well, what do you have, and what where is your influence?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, like you, I'm a, a church planter. And after, you know, 12 years, I think we're about 300 people. Yeah. Uh, so we're not a huge, you know, church. In fact, we've got... It's like uh, a massive two... church in, in Canada. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, not massive. But it's not good. <laughs> sure, sure. And, uh, but, you know, surrounding us is, you know, tons of mega churches. I mean, we, we've we got two very large churches. In fact, what's funny is there was a church that started after, and we helped, uh, buy a sound system for them. And now they're like 3000 people. <laughs> and so we helped them with getting their start and they're like 3000 or 300. And, yeah. and I think comparison is crippling. You know, it, it is easy to say, you know, well, well, why God, why do they have that? And, and, um, but you know, we always have to kind of come back to, well, you know, God's made us a steward of what he's given to us. And what are we going to do with that? Uh, rather than constantly comparing ourselves to somebody else um, because in reality i 'm partners with those people you know it 's not a, a competition you know we 're a part of the same kingdom and we 're trying to you know, make the advancement so rather than um, be jealous, you know I can celebrate that and uh, and so um, yeah, I think that 's a real real challenge that a lot of us face
1: yeah, I love too the idea that well god 's in charge of this whole thing, so God has placed you where you are and place others where mm-hmm. they are and is you you know using you for for different things to maybe accomplish uh, in the end all the same same goal but different parts of the strategy are being done in different ways in yeah. different places right yeah and and yeah. I think sometimes like if you kind of go back to those superhero movies like there's a small team I mean now it's getting really big because they got to have spinoffs and storylines like the the Avengers sure. is massive right but in the end it's sure. like oh there's this small team that is really gonna gonna save the day but the reality yeah. of the world is actually that's that's not how it works and you sometimes we want to be in so much control of our own lives and of even in control of what god is doing instead of mm-hmm. realizing oh god is actually the one who's orchestrating this and and i've only been given my little piece um, right so i do I, I do really like that um but i think sort of media sort of focuses on individuality and on mm-hmm. um you know, we like those stories. Like I like reading, I like, I like watching the superhero movies and I like reading the stories about the individual hero who saved the person from the burning building and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, they're inspiring. That's great. But the reality of everyday life isn't that that doesn't necessarily always help us
0: because um, no we
1: easily compare ourselves
0: to that. i kind of think yeah. oh. it, it can be demotivational.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes think about that with conversion stories. I don't know if you've had that experience as a pastor, this may be way off mm-hmm. topic, but Um, No, I think it's on. Yeah, yeah. Um, We sometimes hear about, you know, the radical conversions of people who have been, um, you know, on drugs and Mm -hmm. their life has just been terrible and then it got totally turned around by Jesus. And I found that, I've talked to other Christians that have found that in some ways demotivating, thinking I don't really have a, I don't have a good Mm -hmm. testimony to share, so I'm not really going to share about my faith because, you know, I grew up Mm -hmm. in a church and, it's been slow and I've learned a few things, but really,
0: I don't have a powerful story, so I'm not going to share it. Um, yeah, but yeah I experienced maybe- some of that. I experienced some of that uh personally. So I had kind of like that big story. You know, I I grew up in Waukegan. Um as a teenager, I got into drugs, I sold drugs. Mm -hmm. Um actually I sold drugs out of a house that was one block from the police station, uh, like Uh right out the window, like a drive at McDonald's. And um and so when I went off to college and and you know, I gave my life over to Christ. Uh, that story was showcased, you know, they'd have me get up in front of, you know, large groups. And, and, uh, and at first, it was exciting, but I would hear tons of people who would come up, and they'd be like, you know, I don't really have one of those powerful stories. You know, I grew up in the church, you know, I accepted Jesus when I was like five years old. And, um, and, and, and from my vantage point, I would look at them him like, man, I'd much rather have your story. Right. I wish I didn't go through all of that hardship and heartache and, and, um, and, and the repercussions of having to, you know, basically start over. And, and, um, and so I think that sometimes what we're defining as a lesser than is really a greater than, and, uh, and maybe we just need a perspective change.
1: Yeah, I love that. I, 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 am really glad you shared that. That's, that's really, really helpful. Um, and, and we, we need all these stories. Like, I think we should share all of them there's obviously stuff in the book about uh, what it means to be a hero we kind of talked a little bit about that but then mm-hmm. sometimes maybe we're we're held back by that like we've talked a bit about people kind of feeling like oh could i be that kind of hero but i think often we've got people who are trying to play life safer than that um, mm-hmm. and maybe we're really worried about safety and we're you know how do we deal with this idea that sometimes we actually do need to take a step out of our comfort zone and do something that God might be calling us to do that we wouldn't normally do.
0: Well, we are definitely a uh, culture obsessed with safety. Yeah. Uh, we have our, our safety belts, we have our hand sanitizer, we, have, you know, all kinds of things in place, which are, are, are good things. Um, but we could almost become so insulated, and 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 our number one prayer becomes, "God, please keep me safe." Um, that I think it keeps us from um, maybe what God really wants us to do. Uh, I, I think in reality, we're created for adventure. Um, so uh, I'll give an example. Uh, I hate heights. Uh, I hate anything above six foot one, which is what I am <laughs> six foot one. And, um, uh, I'm afraid that when God calls us home, I'm going to be the one guy that, that upshucks around the stratosphere. And that's what I'm going to be known for for all of eternity. And, um, <laughs> it's not what you want to be known for. Um, but, uh, I have had to fly, you know, several times, you know, I've, I've helped start a church in Ireland, which I had to be in an airplane for eight hours. And uh, I had to face my fears. And I think that we have to kind of come to a place of, you know, what's going to be my guide in life? Is it going to be my fear or my faith? You know, because uh, if it's going to be my fear, and I'm constantly looking for safety, it's going to keep us from a lot of the things that God wants us to do. I mean, there's a reason why Scripture says, you know, 366 times, do not be afraid or, or fear not. It's because God has a tendency to ask us to do some pretty scary things, you know. And, um, and if we're going to jump into that, we're going to have to be willing to face our fears and, uh, and abandon uh, some of our security. Um, you know, a great example would be Peter getting out of the boat and walking on the water. Well, safety was the 11 guys who were in the boat. Uh, but they had to watch the miracle. Peter got to experience the miracle.
1: Yeah, sure. And and yet he also still ends up looking around and gets scared in the middle of it too.
0: Um, Absolutely. Is, yeah, and there so will be some failures. That's,
1: that's going to happen. Um, yeah. So how can we know, like if, um, if God is calling us to maybe step out of uh, what we think might be safe, how can we know or how do we start listening for what God might want us to do?
0: Because
1: um, mm-hmm. I don't know... That is God just asking us to just uh, abandon all safety and just go off and maybe, but how do we know what it is specifically or what steps can we take to figure that out?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think God's uh, asking us to be necessarily just a a type T jump out and, and, you know, wrestle crocodiles and, (laughs) you know, and just throw safety to to the wind. Um, But when he does ask, I think we have to be willing to do uh, even though it might be scary from our vantage point. Um, so, you know, how, how do we know? Well, I think that it takes a um, example that comes to my mind and this is kind of a, a random example, but um, did you ever see Indiana Jones and in the, the last crusade? Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, there's that scene at the end where he's going to have to face like three different trials and he's got his dad's journal and his dad's journal says, you know, when you get to this one, you're going to have to, I think it was like, uh, kneel down and like the sock goes over the top of his head. And then he gets to the the next one and he has to spell it the name of Jehovah. Um, and then he gets to the last one, which is the leap of faith. Uh, well with that one, he's like, you gotta be kidding me. There's like no bridge here. There's nothing, you know, for me to see. Well, he has kind of a resume of his dad's accuracy and his dad's, you know, faithfulness. His dad got him through the last two traps. He can trust his dad for the third one, which he can't see and doesn't quite understand what's going on. Okay, he takes the leap of faith and there's the bridge and he's able to, to cross over. I think the longer we're walking with God, the the longer we're immersed in his word, the, the more experiences we've built up on the smaller scale, uh, the easier it is for us to take those scarier steps. It's It's not often that you accept Christ and the very next day, he's like, okay, go do this death defying thing. Uh, it's over a period of time that he's built up, you know, this resume of, of faithfulness that we can then lean into that and then, you know, take those steps.
1: Yeah. I, wow. That's, i would never would have thought of, a, uh, thought of it that way. That's really good. I, I think that's great. Uh, yeah. So, um, like obviously kind of, the longer, like you're saying, the longer we're in, like, spending time with God, in the Bible, um, prayer, Um, can we talk a little bit about kind of what that looks like for you, personally? Sure. Um, Or even your family, which we haven't really talked much about your family, other than your wife. Um, Uh But uh, what does it look like? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Well done. Uh, Is there... Yeah. Can you share with us a little bit about what that looks like in your own life? What is your own spiritual practice look like, or how do you stay connected to God on on a regular? Basis?
0: Sure. Sure. Um, well, I'm definitely not the the guy who gets up first thing in the morning, four o'clock before the sun's up and, and has that hour of uh, quality time. Uh, when I was in Bible college, we were constantly told about the heroes of, of faith and uh, Martin Luther and different ones and how that's how they would start. And, I would fall asleep every time. So you're not even. I would will no, <laughs> we'll
1: just stop the podcast right now. No. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, uh, and, and so I decided I'd be the guy that talks to God at night, <laughs> and uh, I figure everyone else is doing it in the morning. I'll be the, the night owl. Um, one of my favorite things to do is actually I go down to um, we have Lake Michigan, uh, rather large lake right next to us, and I like to go down there, and uh, that's where I, I do a lot of my quality time. Um, I'll get my Bible and uh, journaling is big for me. Um, but I think that's, is you know, as a preacher, as a writer, I tend to think better on paper. Uh, and so I'll sit down and I'll just, you know, I'll read until something jumps out at me. And then I'll just spend some time just focused on that particular thing. So I don't have a necessarily, I've got to get through three chapters, four chapters, whatever. Uh, mine is more of, I just, I want to read until something really grabs my attention Um, So for example, yesterday I was going through and I was reading Jeremiah and the statement that stood out to me was, uh, I'm going to make you a prophet to the nations. And it just really grabbed my attention because Jeremiah is never going to pack his bags and go visit all the nations. Hmm. Uh, In fact, if my memory serves me right, it's pretty much just Israel and Egypt are the only two places that he's going to visit personally. Um, and yet, you know, here much after his lifetime, we see that his words have gone to just what all the nations via the Bible. And think about how many people have been encouraged just by Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. You know, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, give you hope and a future. So here's this guy you know, who's not going to travel very far, who's given this promise. And then it it far exceeds anything that he could imagine as a ordinary prophet who actually in his own lifetime felt like a failure. Um, And so that was just personally uh, encouraging to me, you know, as being a pastor of a church of 300 people surrounded by (laughs) churches of thousands that you really, you have no idea what God's going to do in you and through you, through the seeds that are being planted. And it could be so much bigger than what you realize. You might feel like a failure in your life. Um, but from eternity's perspective, it could be so much greater and much more of an impact. So, sure.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So do, how do you choose what to read? Like, if, if you're taking your Bible with you, do you have sort of a set kind of plan that you're following
0: i um so i tend to take a particular book of the bible and and i'll just kind of work through that um and oftentimes i'll have like a a commentary or something like that that i'll I'll also be reading through um just to kind of take things a little deeper and and get someone else's perspective on something um and so you know like for right now I'm, i'm going through jeremiah Okay. Um, I think that's
1: important for people to remember as well, because I think some people just aren't even, aren't even planning. Like they're just, oh, I don't have time to read my Bible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And step one is probably, you know, select something to read, whether that's an overarching plan. Like I used to be a planner and really wanted like a one-year Bible reading plan. I don't do that anymore like you. I will just pick a book. Um, but even then I would sort of keep track of like which books I'd read so that I yes. making sure I wasn't neglecting parts of the Bible. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just going to read the Gospel of John again.
0: Uh, yeah, know. yeah. I'm uh, skipping Lamentations yeah. over yeah, and exactly. over. Uh-huh. Um,
1: so I, you know, I, I think it's important for people to know that that's a good practice to have some kind of plan. Uh, to Absolutely. Um, what else? What other things do you do? Or maybe what do you what does your family do uh, if you do something together as a family or is it kind of left individually?
0: Um, Just to connect God, or yeah, yeah. Uh, So for us, as far as a family, kind of like one of our big things is uh, usually a strategic question that we will go over as a family. Uh, So we will sit down like around dinner time, and and it'll it'll range from like you know what was like the high point every day, what was the low point every day, then how can we can then connect that to you know teaching the kids to see God's hand in their life. Um, you know, which I think is important to do as parents. Uh, So the first people I tell whenever something happens in my life that's obviously, oh, that was a God thing, is my kids, you know, because I want them to start looking for those things themselves. And so dinner time is usually when we sit down And we will talk about those kind of strategic questions. Um, But we also really take to heart, you know, the the whole Deuteronomy chapter six, where he says, you know, when you're walking on the road, when you're, you know, basically going throughout life, you know, kind of talking about looking for strategic moments, you know, when something happens, then just kind of bringing up in that because they're most teachable. At that point, you know, they're, they're not always going to be teachable at nine o'clock just before going to bed. Um, but there are different periods of time throughout the day that all of a sudden there's just some obvious to point to and be like, OK, what can we learn from this? Hmm.
1: I really like that because I think um, sometimes when people are thinking of spirituality, they're not necessarily thinking of what you just described. Um, mm-hmm. They're thinking of like, oh, what are the set prayers, and what are the three times a, a day that we're praying, and what are the, <laughs> um, you know, which devotional program are we using that's good for our, our you know multiple aged family? Um, mm-hmm. But you're really saying like, how do we look at our lives and at the world and help one another see where God is at work?
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: And like, I I totally think that's a spiritual practice. Like, that's something that you're intentional about you're actually doing on a regular basis um so i think that's good to highlight that for people and help them to realize um that the practice of spirituality or practice of uh you know being engaged with god in your life is um is a whole integrating kind of thing it's not just well we've got these things that we do and then we've got our life that we go and live. Um, so yeah. I really like that I think that's great how do you stay consistent in that like even in your even in your scripture reading uh, and I know sometimes pastors are actually worse than others at staying consistent
0: uh-huh. in, reading,
1: <laughs> you know, in their devotional reading but what do you do to stay consistent is that just you just don't worry and just go or
0: no for me um, I'm kind of a an artist by nature and um so I get bored really easy And so I find myself, um, adopting different things throughout the year. Um, so for a little while I was using kind of like the soap method, which is where you you write down a scripture an observation an application and a prayer. Uh, then I was listening to a lot of, um, different types of preachers, uh, people that I wouldn't naturally be kind of drawn to. I would listen to them and then I would um, then take that as kind of like a springboard to uh, look into some different things. Um, like iTunes has uh, iTunes university and I would uh, pick out like a professor on the book of Mark or something like that. And I would like listen to them. Um, I'm constantly having to try and find different ways to um, approach my, my devotional time, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Cause I find that if I, if I just stick to, so like when I, when I first, became a Christian. I was basically handed, um, this is what it's supposed to look like. You're supposed to pray for 30 minutes a day, you're supposed to read three chapters, and then you're supposed to do, do your devotion, your uh, journaling. And um, the more I tried to implement that, the the more of a challenge that became and I just didn't feel like I was connecting it just felt more like it was just a a routine that I was supposed to do a a religious obligation but I didn't really feel like I was um connecting through that and it wasn't until I started feeling the freedom to experiment Mm. with some of that stuff um that I started finding myself um hearing better and responding better does that make sense yeah absolutely
1: yeah for sure I think um I I have a similar experience like I have a I go back to reading the Psalms if Mm -hmm. I find myself in a in a rut like I just like oh I just have not been praying regularly and just you know I've just been going through the motions and then I'll I have kind of an anchor practice that I go back to but most of the time I am trying out different different things or I even like this past year i i prayed the hours and uh you know went through that having never done it before and i Mm -hmm. thought it was great for a month (laughs) (laughs) exactly Uh, and then but i i just couldn't find myself you know doing that um every single day for for a whole year even you know i read through the bible in a year once and then decided oh that was good you know but mm-hmm. I, I tried doing it again and then kind of was beating myself up about, oh man, I, I didn't I haven't managed to do it and I'm behind. And and then I realized, oh, I can probably just read any part of the Bible and it's gonna be life-giving. It's not, you know, if I don't yeah. check off my five chapters a day, that's okay. So yeah. um, so just kind of having that flexibility and that grace. That's been a real theme in this podcast as well, I think, has been people mm-hmm. saying having grace with themselves the same way God has grace with us around, you know, my Christian life is not going to look exactly the same as what someone else's Christian life looks like. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so definitely,
1: yeah, I, I think that totally, that totally makes sense. And I, I really relate to that. I think others will as well. Um, this has been really good, uh, Dan. I've really appreciated uh, the conversation. Um. If people are interested in your book, what what do they do? How do they how do they get a copy of uh, Losing the Cape? Man, that title is just so great. Um, so how do how do people uh, how do people find that? What's the best way?
0: Sure, it's uh, all retailers. So I mean, Amazon's probably the easiest one. I think we all have access to that. But you could also you can go through CBD. Uh, you can go through Moody. You can go through Barnes and Noble. Not uh, all of them are carrying it. And so you just look up Losing the Cape, Dan Stanford, and it'll be readily available.
1: Yeah. And if people are looking for you or if want to connect with you, I'm, I'm kind of, I went on your website and it looks like you sometimes post some things on there or if people want to connect uh, that way, maybe you can just tell people where to find you online as well.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, our church website is yourwellchurch.org. And then, uh, mine is, uh, danstanford.net. Uh, so if people want to track me down, that's a way to do it. Thanks so much, Dan. It was great to talk to you today, Matt. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time.
1: Thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful. You can always go to spirituality for ordinary and you can find all of the old episodes and all of the show notes for those episodes Also, you can find the podcast on iTunes and I would love it if you could leave a review there. That means so much to me and it helps the podcast become more visible so that others can find these interviews. Thanks again for listening. Take care.